welcome to Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Your host, Jeanette Linfoot, talks to incredible people about their experiences and unleashing their full potential. From the boardroom tables of big international business to the dining room tables of entrepreneurial startups, embracing opportunities, overcoming challenges, taking risks, while staying true to yourself is where the magic happens. Hi, it's Jeanette here. If you're enjoying Brave, Bold, Brilliant, I'd love it if you'd subscribe, share with your friends and leave a five-star review. Let's do it. Here's the show. So welcome to the Brave, Bold, Brilliant podcast. I am here today with a very special man, George Evans, who is a trans activist, but he's so much more than that because actually on his LinkedIn profile, he says he was a regular guy born different. So we're going to get into this, George. And you and I actually connected on LinkedIn originally. So here we are a month later doing the interview. So I'm really excited to have you on. Yeah, I'm really excited as well. It's, it's nice to be chatting to you. Fantastic. So a lot has been going on in your world, hasn't it? It's been a bit crazy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, like you said, it's um, it's just been all over the place, really. Like, you know, like the, my biology says, regular guy born different. Like I just felt like, you know, I'm just a regular guy. I decided to post one day on LinkedIn about being trans and, you know, just being open about it. And then, yeah, six and a half million people saw it somehow. And then here we are on our podcast now. Talk. It just didn't really think about this, you know? Yeah. yeah it's well, weird. And, it, and it's great, isn't it? Because, you know, social media is incredibly powerful. And obviously it can be a great way to, to connect and, and spread good in the world, which is, you know, what we're, what we're hoping to do here. But also in terms of just connections, you know, I mean, I, I saw your post and I was genuinely blown away by it. And I, I felt 100 percent compelled to reach out to you and say, hey, George, I would love to help you spread the word here. Please come on my podcast. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, yeah. It's like I've, um, you know, I've been approached by random, random people, but um you know, a lot of messages and stuff, but it's, it's, you know, podcasts like yours where it's, if it's all about being, you know, yourself and being true to who you are, that's kind of, you know, it, yes, immediate, basically, yes, let's talk type of thing. Excellent. Well, listen, the, the, the title of the podcast is Brave, Bold, Brilliant. So I think you've got that in bucket loads and we're going to get into so what we're going to do, George, we're going to start with your journey, if you can. I always like to start the podcast just sort of really hearing from, from from your own kind of perspective, really, where life started for you, how you've ended up here. Um, and then we're just going to have a nice old chat. And um, yeah, I'm really excited because I think we're going to do a com- have a combination of an interesting conversation about your personal journey, but also around the whole topic of of being trans and and what does that mean let's say we want to educate we want to inform we want to inspire and and really help anyone else that might be going through similar kind of struggles really in a way so that we can really put some good good messages out there um but in a very real way so george take it away give us a give us a give us the the quick uh, cancer through your life (laughs) yeah yeah christ you know how do you sort of like like five seconds right so yeah basically (laughs) So I'm 29 now. I'm in North Wales. And, you know, where I live, it's a very rural area, you know, fields, sheep, very classic Welsh. Um, so when I was little, you know, there was nothing that I could see. It was very much, you know, everyone around here is white, you're straight. It's just the very biblical way of living, basically. And then, yeah, so I, I you know, lived all my life, you know, as this little girl, like, you know, just 
got on with you know your day and stuff and um and uh I got to teenage years and it was kind of like you know my friends are having boyfriends and you know and it was kind of that moment where I thought okay this is a bit weird like why am I not feeling any sort of you know attraction to these men and just to preface like obviously gender and sexuality very different but yeah we'll go into that later on I'm just sort of talking about me as a teenager now this is sort of the first little like red flag of something's not quite right here and um just didn't get it and you know older and older 17 18 still wasn't getting it and I thought honest to god maybe you know maybe it's just not gonna happen maybe I'm just gonna be late maybe I'm a late bloomer or whatever and you know at this point I was on the internet I, I was very shy so I'd speak to people online and I'd make friends online and um you know I talked to the this girl and I liked this girl online I thought okay maybe I like her more than a friend and I met her in person and um we ended up dating you know and it's I, I never never really clocked in my head that I was gay a gay woman type of thing just never never you know resonated with that so you know this is again I was 19 now at this point and never never related to that term um you know I had, I had gay friends it wasn't something foreign to me it was just not something I felt was me and I just remember we were walking down the street one day in Bristol I think we were and we we're holding hands and this couple was in front of us walking holding hands too but it was a guy and a girl holding hands and I just remember getting really upset seeing this couple in front of us holding hands and I don't know why it upset me I thought why am I, I'm holding my girlfriend's hand as well why am I getting upset with doing the same thing and I remember getting on the train with her home and just started crying and I said I don't know why I'm upset but like that really upset me and it was really like just very confusing at that point because why would you cry about someone holding hands weird right and yeah it just it got me really confused and then you know that relationship ended and then I went into like sort of you know as you do relationship ends you kind of focus on yourself so I really focused on myself and I started watching videos on YouTube of um, coming out videos you know people telling their stories about how they came out as gay and how they discovered they were gay and stuff so I was watching all these women talking about being gay and I again nothing related to me just couldn't connect myself I thought maybe there's going to be somebody out there that I can connect with I just need one person to connect with so I can feel like I'm not alone because I felt so lost and I watched this uh click this video of a guy coming out and I thought maybe I'll relate to a guy a gay guy give it a shot why not watch this video he's talking about coming out as trans so he was born female assigned female at birth identifies as a man now and I thought what you know, this is 19 year old me now what 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 does that mean what and this was again this was 10 years ago so 2012 2013 world was very different back then in terms of trans people and everything he said everything he said literally just was like tick 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 everything I felt everything was like oh my god why why is this me and it freaked me out and um it got it just it I felt like I was just like an alien and you know again where I lived completely rural area no nothing like that around here so I thought I'm going to be seen as a freak people are going to think I'm weird you know and I was watching these videos I hadn't told my friends my family I was completely just watching these videos every single day like right maybe tomorrow I'll feel different right it's just like a little thing I'm feeling <laughs> every day it just got more very like no it's definite it's definite and it just freaked me out and then um, 
yeah and, and obviously ever since then that's kind of when I realized like no this is this is very much like I've got to do this I've got to just you know watch these videos and just everything they said they felt growing up or they felt maybe past few months or stuff it just everything they said I felt that way and I then began to feel like I wasn't lost anymore because I had the answer it's like you know you go to the doctors and you ask what's wrong with me and then they tell you the answer oh great so it's kind of like I got the answer but then I had to then kind of do something about it and then that's kind of where my life's gone since so obviously I acted about it it's all happened since there but yeah that's the that's the journey from here wow to there. wow well we're gonna gonna explore a little bit more detail if you, if you don't mind George. but you yeah know, sure i i so appreciate you being so open and, and and honest about stuff because i think there is a lot of um you know there's a lack of information there's a lack of people understanding um and there's a there's almost a nervousness i think as well around people how do people actually even get to understand this whole area in in more in you know in the right way so i think being so open as you are is is amazing what you're doing um and and yeah i guess for me it'd be quite useful or for for anyone listening or watching actually you know at that point you as you say you've got the answer and then you've got to take action so so what what happened after that point you know just just kind of fill around the the, the different process the steps you went through etc and, and kind of how you've ended up you know where you are today so at the end of the day you know you, you're in a very different place today than you were back then aren't you I mean absolutely mm-hmm. yeah oh, totally God, yeah. different yeah like yeah yeah if you asked me 10 years ago hey come on the podcast and talk about you like, I would have not replied to you too scared sort of thing but um yeah so life's changed a lot um but no yeah so basically um obviously I spoke to my family my friends you know it was hard for everybody around me you know it would be it's a natural thing you know they've known me for 19 years as this name as this gender you know you know for parents as well as siblings it's just very hard to get your head around it um but they obviously supported me because at the end of the day and family and the trials they need want me to get help and get the help i needed so obviously went to my gp um and they just didn't know anything and again 10 years ago north wales small little village doctors you know town doctors it's just unheard of of this topic of trans or gender dysphoria and um, that sort of stuff and you know they referred me to counsellors a psychiatrist and I remember the counsellor saying to me look I can help you with anxiety and depression which yes you do have but I can't help you when it comes to gender identity and that was a counsellor telling me that and then I went to a psychiatrist because obviously I thought, well, you know, I don't really want to talk about anxiety and depression. I kind of need, but that's what's making me even more depressed and anxious is because I, I need to know what's going on in here. Um, so I went to the psychiatrist and this psychiatrist is like top of the area. Like, you know, she's the one you want to go to. And I sat down and the first question she asked me was, are you wearing women's jeans? And I thought, um that's a bit of a weird question yeah they're black skinny jeans okay and she went right well are you wearing women's clothes doesn't that kind of mean you're not actually trans and I thought hold on what do you mean she went do you know the difference between somebody who is transgender and somebody who is a transvestite and I thought yes I'm aware that, but I, I don't want to dress in men's clothes. 
it's not that it's nothing to do with clothes and i kind of you know i guess she was just asking me questions which is fair enough but it's just the way she went about it and the lack of help that i got from her she basically ended up saying like look come back in two years give me proof you still feel this way and then i'll treat you and i thought so i've got to leave for two years feeling as low as i do you know i'm telling you i don't want to live i cannot live like this and you know she was telling me that like, you need to calm down um you're talking very out of tone like and i'm not an angry person like it takes a lot to boil me but it's just the way she was treating me it was as if i was just maybe it was an age thing because i was 19 she probably thought it was a phase and my parents said you know for a long long time so i just felt like i wasn't being treated serious and it frustrated me so you know it was years you know that was 19 and it you know it was years of just pure hell really just really struggling to get help because there was nothing around me there was no groups around me there was no like support networks or anything and i remember the counselor the only thing he could find for me was a local group which is about half an hour drive away for middle-aged trans women and i thought well okay that's i guess that's nice that he suggested it but one i'm not middle-aged and two i'm not a trans woman so what connection do i have with these people nothing so i just thought there's no point in me even going there so i remember i think i called them and they said they have about three four women that go once a month thought well there's no point going there's really nothing i can do and i remember i was talking to a lot of trans women because it was literally the only people that like friends of friends would know a trans woman so they passed me the number i oh, talked to her because there was no i knew nobody around me that was trans a trans man it was always trans women and it's always those are the ones you hear about in it's just what i don't know it's just always been that wave you for some reason they're always known more known about um i just knew nobody and then you know years went by i went to university you know at this point second i started university age like 20 i cut my hair short applied as george that's how i wanted to be addressed you know i'm a boy that's i'm going into university it's like a sort of clean slate let's just go from there and then that was hard, obviously, going by university and like, you know, at this point, I was very aware of my sexuality was I was a straight guy, to put it, you know, very simplified. Um, so I like I like girls. It's just me in my brain. I wasn't a girl. I was a boy. So, you know, you've got a picture, a 19 year old girl with short hair trying to hit on girls that aren't gay. It gets very confusing, you know, because they're like, but I'm not gay. And I'm like, well, neither am I. So it's like, it's like so confusing. And at the time, I would get so angry and annoyed. I'm like, no, I'm a guy. And they're like, but you're not. And I'm like, oh, I am. And um, it was just a really frustrating time. Um, but as, as well, it was a great time because I, you know, as, as everybody that goes to university, it is the time you do discover about yourself anyway. So I got the chance to do that then. It was everything just checked out. Like, yes, it's, I feel this way 100%. And then fortunately, my parents eventually decided, right, we're going to help you. Let's we'll go private because it's the NHS. You know, it's a great, great facility to have in the UK. I have no bad word to say about them in terms of that. But when it comes to trans healthcare, it's really bad. It's just beyond. I can't even understand it still to this day. Like I, you know, I applied for the NHS to be seen eight years ago and I haven't been contacted it's just it's like for all they know i i i probably aren't on hormones i haven't had top surgery like 
they don't know where I'm at, you know, so they've forgotten about me for all I know, like how I feel. So, you know, luckily I went private and, and that's kind of how I've got to where I am physically today. We went private is the end, this is the very quick version, but yeah, it's just, it's just an insane journey. Yeah. Very insane. But if you want me to go into the, what happened private and stuff or? Um, no, I mean, listen, I think let, let's just take a little a little pause because I, I'm kind of, you know, um, interested in, in the relationships and, and the sort of the friendships you formed at uni and, and what have you. You know, you said your parents were really supportive and it must have been very difficult for them, as you say, you know, for them to sort of get their head around it. And of course, you know, they love you. Um, so they're going to want the for you, which is great. And it's good you got that that support because I'm sure for other people, maybe that isn't the case for for the people um but you know when you're going through sort of university and and discovery and just trying to kind of process it all and 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 all of that that phase did you have sort of friends that understood that were kind of there did you have even if it was only a small group or one person did you have you know did you have the people in your life apart parents that that kind of got it and 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 how important was that really because I think that's often you know, it doesn't matter whether you're in business or whatever field you're in or, you know, to have people that can support, guide, you know, listen, older to cry on when you need it without judgment is is important in any scenario. But in particular, with what you were going through. So how, how did how did you that that sort of play out for you in terms of the relationships and the friendships and, and everything through that period? Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, a lot of there's a lot of people out there do have it very like they struggle you know their families disown them it gets really dark um i was really lucky to be fair i've had it i've had it very easy compared to a lot of trans men you know and i'll never i'll never deny that or you know say otherwise um yes i've had my fair share of negative situations but it's nothing compared to what i've heard of different friends of mine that i've gone through um terms of friendships and stuff you know i they were all i've always had like every friend was always supportive i I'd, I'd, I'd never not had like somebody that just didn't get it it's like maybe they didn't get it but they they were fully supported they're like no i don't get it i don't understand it but i support you and i'm happy i, I want you to be happy so it's kind of like i don't know it's just kind of the, one of those situations where i'm not i kind of learned to understand that they don't have to get it as long as they mean well, it's like for years I was so, I would be angry if they didn't get it. I'd have to like sit them down and like really show them videos and like evidence, like this is how I'm going to be. And it's like, now I just get it. If you don't get it, that's fine. If you treat me nice, that's all I get, you know? And it's, it's, um, it's just one of those really where, yeah, I had the support around me. If I needed to talk about something, then they would, that I would have friends there. So that was, you know, I had um, a good network around me definitely at that time. Yeah, brilliant. Well, that's good to hear. And 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 are those friendships still in your life? You know, have you have the, are you are you still in touch? I mean, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, like you know, I've got my sort of main group of friends, but it's like it's with age, isn't it? The older you get, you kind of like let's meet up, and then it's five months go by type of thing. Um, but no, yeah, I can reach out to anybody. They're always there. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. And and so talk about where you are today because you're you're in a happy loving relationship so just just talk about talk about that a little bit and, and kind of how you got to, to that that sort of situation because you're still you're still in north wales but um you know as you say earlier you're very happy with with kind of where you are and what you're doing yeah yeah so yeah so i left university um 
my third year of university is when I started hormone therapy to start, you know, physically looking male, basically, to make it very basic. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I um, left university and then I applied for my first job out of university, which was Asda down the road, you know, classic graduate job. You just go and get some easy cash because I wanted to go traveling with my friends and do all that stuff before committing to a job. And yeah, so I went there and I've got a new group of friends there and stuff. And it's where I met my girlfriend now. She worked there as well at the time. And this was like, you know, five years ago now. And I just remember seeing it. I, I really, I fancied it from the second I saw her. I was like, oh, who's that? Who's that? And I just never thought she'd give me a time of day. I thought it was like, you know, I, I always pictured like one of those sort of American rom-coms where it's like that really nerdy guy that sees the really pretty like cheerleader and, you're like, I would never have a dr- like hope in hell like for that. Um, but a little did I know the, the second she saw me, she also fancied me. And it's like, it's weird, like what? And um, yeah, so I found out like later on, like very soon, like that she, because I I was open with everybody there. I said about myself, told everyone about myself, because it's it's always something that I kind of wanted to get off my chest. Like I just wanted, I don't know, I just, I just felt like I had to. Some people don't, that's fine. Just me personally, I felt like I just wanted to just let people know because it's a big part of me. And she found out and she didn't care. Like, she just didn't care. She just saw me as a guy. That's it. That's all it was for her. It was that easy to get over. And to me, I'd always worried, especially in university, like not having those girls that wanted to be with me because they couldn't see me as a guy. And like, you know, my girlfriend, Ree, she, she was like, you know, the first person to really be like you're a guy what's the big deal like you know just normal guy type of thing so yeah it's like you know just finding that one person that sees you for you and then everything else kind of just you just learn about everything then don't you kind of like you find your person and then you kind of just like see the world differently and you're like oh okay well because I'm I'm supported now I'm like I've got that loving person there for me. I'm never going to be like alone with anything. And then you kind of realize then, okay, that's why people think like that. Oh, that's why that situation happened now. And yeah, so I'm, yeah, definitely a good place now. It's like, like I said before, if you told me 10 years ago, this is where I'd be. And my mum always says it. She's like, look at where you are now. Look, look at the difference. Your life's changed now. And it's like, I know it's it's insane. Like it's really insane. Oh, it's it's genuinely fabulous to hear, and and you know the whole the whole process sort of start to finish, if you like, in terms of you know when you when you met. Did you say your what's your, what's your girlfriend's name? Sorry, Ree Ree Ree. Oh, so when you met Ree, I guess you was you were you were going through the ch- some changes, right? And yeah, le- yeah. So I so can we talk about that? Yeah, sure. So I I basically looked like um I might try and get a picture actually because I, I I looked physically I looked me I just looked much younger than at the time when I was 24 maybe 23 I just looked a lot younger I guess maybe I looked like 18 19 instead of 24 um which obviously isn't a big deal but like you know it's like the older I was getting my eight my my physical side was just slowing so it was like I was just looking younger and younger but I was getting older and older right. and it's like what do you think do you think I look almost 30 I thought no. I look very young no yeah. you look very young I'm very jealous <laughs> <laughs> I'm, 50. I know. I'm old enough to be your mother 
<laughs> and well, that's it. My mum always says, look, you'll be grateful when you're older, when you're looking young and all your <laughs> friends around you will be looking, you know, different. But um, I'm just trying to find the picture of me and Ray, the first picture we got when I first met her type of thing. Because you can see the um, how different I look. It's, it's basically, I couldn't, at that time, yes, I've got facial hair now, but at the time, it, what, it obviously it's like, when a boy goes through puberty at age, you know, 10, 11, 12, or however old they are typically, they don't just start puberty and it, it, a beard just pops out the next day, right? So it's like, picture me 20, 21, or however old I was. I think I was 22, actually, when I started testosterone, maybe 23. And, you know, it takes a while for your body to get used to it, right? So it's like, you know, the first six months to a year, they say the first five years is when everything starts. Like, it takes a long time. So, like, I remember, like, you know, just feeling like I looked like a baby. And um, I'm just trying to find the picture now, yeah. So here, here's a picture of when I first sort of started seeing, really, when I first started working with her, there's a picture of us, actually. There's me and her there. I got no, I could not grow anything, could not grow anything. And um, I might have, like, the odd, like, little little hair coming through. It was very like um, just patchy is what I'd like to say. So it's like, just like couldn't grow anything there. It was just like bits of the top, tiny bit of my chin, things like that. So it was just, um, it's weird how like the difference of um, physical wise, it's, it's it's changed a lot. And obviously she's seen it over the years as well, but it's just, yes, it's very strange how how different I look now compared. It's like I forget. Yeah, and amazing. And, and you know, for anyone that's listened that maybe is going through a similar sort of journey that you've been on um, and, and they've had the realisation of kind of an understanding of, of what they're all about and is in that sort of, oh, what do I do next kind of thing and what, to, what can I expect? What advice would you give to someone? And um, obviously you've got the benefit of hindsight and the world has moved on somewhat from when you, when you uh, transitioned. But um, yeah, what 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 would be be the advice you would give, or what can people expect that maybe are going to go through those changes? What are the things to kind of prepare them for? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like you know, it's a, it's, it's it's hard really, but it's like you know, everything changes constantly. Like everything is always like technology. There's always something new, right? So it's it's like it's it's hard for me to say the exact thing I think you should do today. I couldn't tell you the exact thing, but like from what I can see out there now, it's like, you know, 10 years ago, I had nothing. I hadn't, there was nothing. There was no social media about trans people. It was like barely anything. So I couldn't find people. There was just, it was like cherry picking, like the odd person I could find online. It was always like people in America. It's like so far away. How can I relate to an American guy? Different lifestyle, you know? So, you know, nowadays, what I would say is find somebody to connect with. Talk to somebody who's going through it with you. Don't sit there and think, right, I'm alone. Just going to end it now. What's the point? There are literally so many people out there. And, you know, from what I've learned past 10 years, there's a lot more people out there than they think that's going to the exact same thing. And, and that's kind of what I did is just, you know, basically found a little group but there's just there's so many groups out there now like trans men groups facebook you know tiktok they post trans guys post tiktoks now all doing the dances and stuff it's like so normal now you know and um yeah it's just find 
a support network, even if it means you're just in a group and you're just reading posts people post, at least you're seeing that they're posting how you feel or you can see that there's somebody else feeling some way, type of way. It's just, you know, it, it's sort of, it can relate to anything, can't it? It's not just being trans, but it's like if you're going through depression, find something that feels like that. Just make yourself aware you are not alone. Like that's the one thing people think all the time, isn't it? Oh, I'm the only person in the world going through it. It's like, well, what makes you think you're that special, really? Everyone's going through it, you know? Somewhere in the world, somebody will be going through it. But yeah, it's just that that would be my advice is just find a network to connect with. Talk to, even if it's a close friend, just talk to somebody about how you're feeling. Don't keep it internally because I did that for a long, long time and it, it really got to me and it hit my mental health very, very hard because I was too scared to tell people because I thought it's going to hurt their feelings. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, no, if you don't talk to somebody, you're just going to hurt yourself. And who's the most important person in your life? Yourself. So just talk, look into it, make sure it's something you are 100%. And I always joke about it saying like think of it as a tattoo like you wouldn't just walk into it some people do you know i i got this tattoo like on the next day but what i'm saying is really think about before it committed because it's a life-changing thing it's not something that you can easily reverse i couldn't go to the doctor and i'm like right i want to be a woman can you reverse it for me please i could fair i could but physically wise i would have to get all of this lasered off a lot of treatment would have to happen. My skin, when a man shaves, the skin is rough underneath. So my skin would never be soft again. My shoulders grew out three inches. So I've got broad shoulders now. Women, yes, they have broad shoulders, but my body would not be the same as it was when I was 19 before hormones. Everything changes, you know, everything. So it's just like, you've got to think about that aspect of be sure, look into it, Keep doing your research. Make sure, give it like a week. Do you still feel the same? Okay, give it a month. Do you still feel the same? Everyone's different. Then everyone, you know, people can think like, oh no, I'm I'm 100. I know my, my brain will not change. This is how I feel. Um, but yeah, there's just tons of um, resources out there now compared to 10 years ago. So there's there's things out there for sure to help. Yeah, brilliant advice, uh, and it, it genuinely and practical as well. You know, as because end of the day, it's. You know, it's great to have to have advice, but you you really would need practical stuff that you can put into into practice. Yeah, yeah. On a day on a day to day basis, and I guess in terms of the, the the physical and the mental journey that you go through, what what are the what are the sort of the what can people expect of that? And you know, I mean, do, do you find you'd have some days where you were sort of really great about stuff? I mean, your body's changing, but you you coming to terms with a lot of this as well uh, and that doesn't just happen fast either so you know I suppose when someone sets out on that journey of transitioning um you know is there anything you can give them some words of wisdom around the expectation of how they may feel and, and sort of some of those flows mm. on, on the process yeah. so it's like that's the really weird thing it's like with trans men I, I, I don't actually know how how long the the oldest trans person the oldest trans man has been on testosterone for so it could literally be 15 years so it's like put that into perspective the only record in the world we've got is somebody that's been on testosterone for 15 years we don't know what's going to happen the old you know it, we're kind of guinea pigs in a way like i i don't know if it's going to damage my body or i don't know it's you know it's man-made testosterone it's not biologically mine so 
it's it's you you kind of there are risks. There's like I remember signing a document before I got prescribed testosterone, and I was signing this document. It was basically telling me, you know, you could have problems with your kidneys. It was like kidneys or liver or something. Couldn't tell you how. I just signed it because I thought I don't care. Sign me up. I was going to end my life anyway. So what's a kidney? You know, I was kind of like whatever. Um, but yeah, the, the, you've got to get blood work done. They say get blood work done, blood tests done, you know, six months, maybe every year, just to check that your hormone levels are okay. I admit I'm awful at doing that. I forget. <laughs> but, you know, just make sure you do keep up with that if you can. Um, in terms of like like physical and mental changes, that was the weirdest part for me because you just don't think it's going to happen. You, how I thought was I'll be the exact same person and I am still the same person, but my mental sort of the way of thinking changed. Not that I just like went from like having my legs crossed and be like, oh, what reading today, girls? So then, you know, oh, let's play rugby. No, it wasn't that. It was literally just like um, my mood just got like, I was my emotions. It was weird. I used to cry all the time, but the stupidest things. And I find it so hard to cry now. And that's one thing I got shocked by. I cannot cry. It, it, it gets to the point where I get that like annoyed. I'm like, I just want to cry. I need to cry, but I physically can't. And my girlfriend gets annoyed. She's like, why don't you cry? I'm like, I can't. I just cry. It just doesn't happen. It's, it's, it's weird. It's like, it's, it's insane how hormones can just do so much to your brain everything and you know in terms of like body changes and stuff I remember like I was in university it was so six months I'd been on testosterone I remember I was looking in the mirror and I had my top off and I'd, I'd got um I'd not long had top surgery I, th- I think yeah I'd not long had top surgery or maybe I was at home, I don't know either way I was looking in the mirror had my top off and I just decided to just do that with my arm and I, just to sort of give you a mental picture, I used to be a very, very skinny, skinny person. No muscle at all. Don't go to the gym whatsoever. And it's like, you kind of understand now when these people say, oh, these sportsmen inject testosterone because it gives them extra muscles and steroids and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, yeah, it makes sense. Because I was like, where's that come from? I was like, that was not there last week, everything. So it's like all these weird changes and, you know, getting used to that and um the weirdest one for me was actually my face went like a balloon it puffed up and I was thinking what's good is this me forever now am I gonna have this balloon face forever because I used to have like you know good cheekbones I was quite like you know and I thought what's going on and um it, it, these things they just you, it, nobody speaks about it there's no trans guys that ever spoke about it and I thought in all these videos I've watched, it was never mentioned that your face will puff up because your body fat is moving around. It's going to more masculine places. So when your body fat's moving, it shifts around your face. It's not going to settle there. So this is what I want trans guys to know. If you're like, a little, you know, a baby trans guy going for this and you're like all new and scary. I wish somebody told me this. Your face basically like puffs up because of the salt or something. or something. Your body's just moving around, basically. It's shifting. It's trying to decide, right, where's the whole masculine place to put this fat? Right, let's shift it. So it's like all my sort of like hip fat went to my stomach area. And oh, great, I've got a little belly now. So it's just weird. It's, it's, it's weird. And I like it eventually went down. It's like literally, I remember it was one day I took a picture of it. And it was like one morning, like, as if I was like on steroids, like, you know, when you inject with steroids and your face goes like that. And then like 
you know, I just drank loads of water that day and then the evening my face went right down and then the next day it went down again. It was just, and it kept happening like every now and then. And um, as well as like, so basically you take testosterone. I know it's very different in every country, I think, but I think in the UK, there's two different ways. The one I do is I take it every three months. And the massive misconception there is that there's like, oh, when, when do you end taking testosterone then? You don't ever end taking it. It's every three months for the rest of my life, I will have to be injected with testosterone because that's now my body's main hormone. So without that, my body's just going to reverse right back to where it was when I was, you know, how I first started uh, puberty, my first puberty, second puberty is shifted. So yeah. So every three months got to get testosterone injected and every sort of like towards the end of the three month period, um, I feel like I get really like, like not angry, but like I get really like moody and like, it's just like, I don't know, like cranky and stuff, I guess. So it's kind of like just learning how to adapt to sort of a new, a new sort of body, I guess, in a way. Mm. And what's the other way that, that, that people can take it, George? You said three months. Yeah, it's the same. Yeah. So mine's every three mm-hmm. months. And I think mm-hmm. it's the doses. So I think they just take a ah. smaller dose, but they might do it maybe once every two weeks or something or I three see. weeks. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, I just, for me, I was kind of like, I would like it once every three months. I can forget about it. It's done then. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, so, so expect the unexpected, I guess, is, is, is sort of the big message around these physical changes. Yeah. Just like, and like <laughs> all sorts of things, like, you know, body hair is a big one. That's a, that was a shocker for, you know, for one, like I don't even have to go there i'm sure you can imagine where body hair just sprouts <laughs> out you know and you're thinking where's that come from that's not right um it's just yeah it just just really expect the unexpected basically it's it's you ask for it at the end of the day i ask for it you know at the end of the day as well my hairline's going to recede potentially at one point i can't have a full head of hair but that's why i signed up for you know so i always do that. i look at pictures and I'm like, oh, my hair was so good five years ago and it's just getting like you know but it's, it's the pretty you know this is what I asked for. So, yeah, this is incredibly, incredibly powerful, George. Honestly, I mean, like you say, a lot of you, you never knew any of this stuff, and and now you're able to talk about it openly and help other people. What you know to kind of have um, a view as to what to expect, and and like you say, you know, it's like getting a tattoo, but I, it's probably a step further. It's like getting a tattoo on your face. Probably. Yeah, basically. But it's more yeah. more of the the decision. Yeah. You can't just you can't just cover up your you know put a top on or or whatever. Yeah, cover it up. It's so you're right. It's a massive commitment. So I think the advice you've given is absolutely phenomenal. So I just wanted to kind of un, uh, like talk about sort of business really as well, and not not necessarily that because obviously you're um not obviously a lot of people might not know this, but you're a designer, aren't you? In, in by profession. Um, yeah, yeah. Um. So from a from a, a work point of view and a business point of view, obviously you you've now you, you you know you're you're very open and transparent, and you said you were very open and transparent when you were at ASDA. But when you were in other roles, did you talk about it, or, or you know, was there a stigma attached? Did you feel you could be open, at, you know, during that period mm. in ASDA to sort of where you are now? Or yeah, did, yeah. was it difficult for you at work? Yeah, it, like I said before, we started. Uh, the podcast is it's it's the one place in my life where I've always felt very skeptical on who I tell because you know it 
workplace is somewhere you do have to just turn up 9am professional. You can't be yourself in a way. You kind of just a number. Um, so it was very much just like, right, well, where I'm working, what kind of vibe am I getting? Am I getting that these people are open-minded? Do I get that they kind of don't just want to talk about figures all day and stuff like that? So it was just basically where I feel comfortable. So like I said, yeah, when I worked in Asda, you know, there were all young people around me um, and the people I spoke to, they were all open-minded. They, just, you know, didn't really care. And then, you know, my first marketing job, um, they were all a group of lads and they were all lovely. Like the whole team was lovely, but like, you know, classic, you know, lad chat and stuff. And I remember they were talking about a, um, a trans woman and like, oh, would you, would you get with a trans woman? And like the classic, you know, derogatory terms for trans people. And, and they didn't know about me whatsoever because I, I'd never, I've always been in friendships wise, I'd always been closer with girls. Maybe that's just because of how I grew up. I don't know. But when this was my first, you know, job where it was purely just men, I felt like, okay, I kind of need to be a bit more reserved with how I act. I need to be less, um, don't move your hands too much because apparently when you talk with your hands, it's very feminine. So just sit, it made me think a lot about how I need to, don't, uh, don't cross your legs. That's feminine. Um, sometimes talk with a bit of a deeper voice. It's like all these things that trans guys typically do actually do. I I didn't, I never bothered. I just thought I'm not going to put my voice deeper. A lot of trans guys do talk with a deeper voice. I just talk with whatever testosterone gave me. I'm going with that. I don't want to strain it type of thing. Um, but I just remember feeling like I always had to remind people uh, that I had a girlfriend because I would, I would, it's like nine times out of 10, these straight guys who were like very masculine would assume that I was a gay man, which I had no problem with at all. But um, it's like I, I didn't want to feel like I was a target or like, you know, anything. Yeah, so I always felt like I had to sort of put on an act. and I, I didn't want to ever be that. That was not my intention of being, you know, me. And it's like anyone, you don't want to hide something. And it just made me realize you know the next place I want to work I want it to be somewhere where I can be me so the second I set foot I think it was the interview I was actually in for the next job I had I told them in the interview because I don't know how I got into the conversation but it's like I would say it dead casually well yeah so um what a girl so um yeah so <laughs> everything just very quick just from that job of you know not feeling like I could be myself and have to put on a show basically be a man and you know do all this sort of stuff never wanted to live that way so the second I started working different jobs after that and realizing no the next time I go to I'm gonna be myself I cannot live a lie I cannot you know spend because you spend a lot of time work so you kind of want to be yourself and I think especially I personally think especially since COVID and I'm sure you've realized it as well I think ever since COVID and we've all worked remote mental health has been a massive like topic of like yeah, it's actually a real thing. Let's talk about it because we're all working from home alone. We need to talk about our feelings. It's important. So yeah, so since then, I've obviously gone on to where I am now and staff that I work with is so lovely about it. Obviously saw the LinkedIn post, 100% support it. Like really happy that I've done it because um, I was kind of worried again. Oh no, what if I work, see the post and they're going to be like, oh, you know, don't, don't draw attention to, we're not all about trans people or something like that but no they were like the complete opposite they're like that's really good you know 
fantastic type of thing. So, so yeah, I've just learned to just completely just be my authentic self. And that's how I feel happy is just being completely transparent. No pun intended, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, and, and that's great. And and I guess, I guess everyone's different, aren't they? You know, cause some yeah. people take a little bit longer to get to that point. Some people might be kind of straight away say, you know, this is who I am. So we're all different, you know, and, and I think it's not that that's, that's the case regardless of, of, you know, mm. gender or sexuality or culture or whatever. We all have our little gremlins, don't we? And, and decide mm. actually, how do we want to show up um, in the world, in the world of work, in the world of sort of, you know, personal stuff and that, and I guess that's no different for, for a trans person either. It's a choice. Yeah. How, how do you want to be? How do you want to show up each day? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I saw I posted on LinkedIn recently. So I watched a video it's from Indeed and it was basically this trans woman going for a job interview. And you've got to think about it in a way that, you know, basically imagine me now. So I'll talk about myself, I guess. Imagine me now again not looking i didn't like basically a girl with short hair is basically what i'm trying to picture you as just like the female version of me going for a job interview early 20s first job even if it's your second third fourth job it's still scary you're going in that the the job interview is going to assume your gender straight away because as human beings that's kind of what we we just naturally do is we just okay that's a man to me like just human nature so like i would go into a job interview sit down immediately it would be hi miss so how are you today type of thing or like you know i would i used to get the burst and it would happen all the time it was just like a, you know you immediately assumed female weather so this job interview um advert from indeed was brilliant it was a trans woman going into the the um interview and she, you could see she was really nervous because you know she probably thought i'm not going to be seen as a woman like they're just not going to see me for me this could be really awkward but then on top of that, you've also got to think, you know, if you went into a job interview, you'd be worried about the interview, like everybody does. But she's got that worry on top of the worry of not presenting in a way that she feels like they're going to see her. So it's kind of the job in the ad was brilliantly done. It was the job interview. The second she sat down, he he said to the trans woman, he said, so my name's Michael. My pronouns are he slash him. What are yours? How would you like to be addressed? And then it's like, like she she smiled and she's like beaming and she's like oh my pronouns are she slash they or whatever she said it was just in like a really powerful moment of I wish that would be something that people could take into companies as it's such a simple thing it's like saying what's your name but it just makes you feel like a weight has been lifted okay you're acknowledging that I I do have a certain way that I feel or there's an elephant in the room that can we just get that out of the way so I can then concentrate on work because it's like I couldn't I couldn't do my job if I wasn't being me if I had to hide myself if I had to hop on zoom calls for work and they didn't know you know it's just it's so hard to not be yourself in the workplace unless you do, do talk about it yeah absolutely and and you know it's it's true isn't it because I think when we sometimes we all I think well, I've certainly been guilty of this in the past where you sort of feel you've got to behave in a certain way you know I, I was probably have been to alpha female when I was, you know, climbing the slippery pole of the corporate ladder where, you know, there weren't very many senior women, you know, in the boardroom and all that. And I look back now and I think, God, I was being, I wasn't being my true self, actually, you know, so I, uh, yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't 
been untrue, but I, I was... I was trying to fit into what I thought people wanted, expected me to be. So, you know, trouser suit, all that kind of stuff. You know, I remember getting feedback, actually, from uh, I had a mentor and a coach at the time. And she did this 360 of all the people on my team. And one of the feedback that came back, lots of really positive stuff, but, you know, always in a suit. And I thought, oh, God, it's just a small comment. But it really stuck me. And I thought, oh, yeah, I am. And actually, I am a woman. I am, you know, I do like to dress in brighter colours. So why am I, and this is a very tiny, it's nothing by comparison to what what you're talking about, but I think we all have tendencies to to try to fit in with what other people expect of us. And actually, it takes courage to say, well, no, this is me. Um, and, And I love what you were saying about the, you know, just a very simple piece of advice there around how how businesses or someone doing an interview can actually totally make the person feel at ease, get that elephant out of the room, because otherwise it's going to be there as a distraction through the whole of the interview on both sides. Um, actually, it's done in a respectful way. So, so let's talk about this a little bit more, George, because before we press record on the podcast, we were talking about how there's a lack of understanding. And, and very often people are curious, they want to learn more about you know being transgender and what does it mean? And but they don't always communicate in the right way. They maybe they don't ask the right questions. So can can you sort of help other people that do want to genuinely understand more, but in the right way? Because I think sometimes we don't intend to upset or be disrespectful or ask things that that you know it probably is genuinely coming from a, a curious, good place, but it doesn't always come across that way. So maybe. You can talk about that and, and and help and guide people that do want to learn more. But how do you do it in a way that's that's the right way, not not the wrong way? Yeah. I mean, like I said before, this is the thing. It's like, you know, even on my LinkedIn post, I would have random comments that would ask the most like the silliest of things where I thought you could just Google that. Like I'm sure you saw had a comment that said, What does LGBT stand for? It's like you can just Google that. Like I'm not Google, you know. Um, but like, if you're very curious about something and you think it's going to be a touchy subject, Google it, try and get answers that way. Um, if you're, I guess it depends on your relationship with that person as well. If you're close enough that you feel you can approach them about something or maybe I think as long as you do it with good intent. So like for me, it would be, I would much rather that person do it in private with me rather than say to me, like, George, can I just pull you to the side for a second? I just want to ask you something private. If they were doing it in a public space in front of everybody and asked me something like, so have you had the surgery? It'd be like, whoa, that's like very invasive, what you're asking for. Um, but we were talking about that as well. Like, it's the most common question that trans people get is, have you had the surgery? And it's like, well, what, what do you mean? Like, what? There's plenty of surgeries in the world. Like, what, what is it that you, I know what you're trying to ask, but I'm just trying to make you question your answer, like you're questioning it yourself. And it's just a very invasive question. It's like when people say, like, oh, have you transitioned? Like, have you finished transitioning? It's like it, everybody's different. There's no end goal. There's no there's, there's no same end goal. It's like, you know, it's literally like asking you now, what's your end goal in life? couldn't tell me like you know everything every day is different and I think that's the weird thing about what people ask is they, they assume that there's a thin there's a starting line there's a starting point and there's a finishing line when there isn't it's like for me I just wanted to have to look masculine I wanted the masculine hormone 
I wanted to present myself that way. I hated my chest before, so I, I knew that had to be sorted. The second that was that that was sorted for me, I was happy because at the end of the day, it's like down there where everyone's so curious about. To me, it's like that just matters to me and whoever I'm with, my partner. If we're both fine with it, does it really matter to Bob down the road? Why does he need to know what's down there? Does it affect your life is what I'm trying to say here. It's like, if it doesn't affect your life, you don't need to know. It's like, I I would always ask, I always joke about it. If someone asks me, my go-to response would be, are you trying to ask me out on a date? Like, what do you want here? Like, I'd make them feel uncomfortable back. It could be like the straightest, buffest guy ever, but it's like, I know they're just curious, like human beings were curious and I get that. But like, I do it in a jokey way, but like, yeah, my advice would be, if you are curious, just pull them to the side, ask them if they'd be comfortable sharing. Because at the end of the day, you know, I want to share information because there is a lack of information out there. Not saying there isn't any, but it's still very much hard to find. And there isn't many people that do share openly because it is hard. It is hard. Like, you know, know, it's weird. It's like, I act like it's so easy for me to talk about. I think it's just, I've just got to the place in my head where I've just been like, just whatever, let's just talk about it as a conversation. I'm, I think it's because I've done it so many times in university, it was like always something I had to keep talking about to like make sure it was in everybody's head that they knew I wasn't a woman, I was a man. So it's like, I think I'm just so used to like constantly having this conversation. So it's like a nice place now where I can actually talk about it and people want to listen. Like you've, you've approached me instead of me approaching you. It's, it's like reversed. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's honestly you you you're absolutely right, and I suppose it's around think before you speak. You know, it, it, regardless in any situation, you know there are there are appropriate questions to to ask someone, and there are inappropriate questions to ask someone. In general, regardless of of, of the situation, and and I think you're right. Maybe sometimes people don't consider that first of all you know if someone came and I'd met randomly and asked me about my favorite sexual position and I've never met. exactly yeah you know yeah. That, that's not appropriate is it it's, it's an no. inappropriate question at, at an inappropriate time so applying some of those common principles or just you know be a be a, a good kind person yes yeah. Yeah. but but think about it a little bit you know why would why you know why is that okay actually because uh, because of of um, a certain situation or, or you know to to be curious about transgender that's great be curious but yeah be be respectful and, and be thoughtful around how and I think that's great advice and um, you know I think we all just need to be much more emotionally aware of of, of any, any situation and any person. Oh, no, 100%. Like, like the main thing that I, I just always want people to be aware of is that there is no end goal when it comes to being trans. It's literally just, if that person is happy with, with their, where they are at, like, there's a trans guy that I'm aware of that um, he doesn't take any hormone replacement therapy. He doesn't take testosterone at all. So he still sounds very feminine. He's had top surgery, and I think that's about it. And it, he is still male. As long as, if he, you know, I know the whole joke of like, oh, people nowadays they present themselves they identify as a helicopter you know like the stupid jokes and stuff you know I laugh it off I think it's stupid and you know myself and like you know the way they the way the jokes are said but I, I get it's confusing I get that 
like for a long time I got I would even get confused with like people who were non-binary and had they slash them pronouns because I used to think why not why can't you just commit like you know go from one to the other so it's taken even me a long time to learn about these different things but then today it's like if yeah I may not fully understand it I understand it a lot more now but maybe if I don't understand it, it doesn't matter as long as I give them respect as long as I realize oh well they're happy if that person is happy with who they are, why do you want to go and like slam them down for it? You wouldn't go and slam somebody. You wouldn't go up to your mum and say, mum, you're not a woman, just so you know. Because your mum would be like, that's not nice. What? Like, you know, you just wouldn't say that. So why would you go up to a stranger and say, you're not that? Like, you don't know me and you don't know how I feel. But yeah, going back to like surgeries and stuff, you don't, there is no surgery you have to have. You don't have to have anything. It's literally just about presenting yourself telling people how you want to be presented and having them show you the respect that, okay, that's fair enough. It's like with me, it's like, I just wanted to have that for me, physical. I just wanted that for me. And it's, yeah, it's just, it's, there's a long way to go. It's like, it is hard and I do get that. I think it's like, you know, with your friends, family and people around you having to go from one name to the other or having to address you in different pronouns. It is hard. And I get that. It took me a long time to realize how hard that must have been for them. There's a lot involved, isn't there? There is a lot involved. Oh, God, yeah. You know, and 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 I, I was sort of interested in, obviously, you you know, we have LGBTQ plus, um, and, and sometimes, you know, you, you are nervous about getting it wrong and offended someone and therefore almost shy away from having any conversation. That's another response, isn't it, actually? Um, so, so you know, does does the transgender community sort of stand as a, as a standalone kind of world, if you like, uh, or is it very much plugged into LGBTQ? Um, you know, because obviously there's still a long way to go in in all areas, I think. But um, probably transgender, maybe more so than than others. Than you know, someone's gay, straight, whatever. I think that's probably people have got their head around that now. The under- and it's much more accepted. So I guess there's different degrees, isn't there? So so from a community point of view, you know, how, how does it play out? Yeah, I mean, it, it's an odd one, really, because I feel like even people in the LGBTQ plus community, there are, it's like, it's it's a weird one. It's like, you know, we've got to establish that, yes, gender and sexuality are so different. So how I explain it in very simplified terms is sexuality is who you fancy, who you like. Gender is how you feel in here. Who am I? Not who are they? Who do I like? It's who am I? Not your sexuality, because being, your gender is not anything to do with sexuality, so it's just you know but in terms of like the community aspect it's like you know I think it's always been a very weird thing where like even like gay men have been against having gay women in the same community it's a very weird place and I think the only reason trans people put in that community is because it's a very it's not the norm is it it's it's not we're not normal in society so it's like right let's just plonk you in there crack on with it type of thing and it's like I I do you know sometimes I have moments where I think we, we shouldn't be in that group because it, it doesn't make sense but then I have moments where I'm like well actually no because you know think about it it's being pride the word pride is about you know being yourself so it's kind of like it does make sense for the T to be in there um but yeah it, it's it's just one of those where different people will say that it doesn't belong others will say it does belong I just think it's needed because how I I always describe being trans today as as like the equivalent of being gay in like the 70s or something where it was like known of people knew of it people some people 
were like, yeah, that's fine. But also a lot of people didn't get it. It was very like, whoa, what does that mean? Or are they going to touch me? I'm going to turn gay. You know, like that type of thing. Yeah. yeah. So, or like, you know, like weird things like this, the fact that in like several states in America, you can get fired for being trans. It's like, what? It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't yeah, make sense. Crazy, isn't it? Yeah. So that's a, that's a real head. I was gonna, I was gonna say an F word then, but I won't. But yeah, it's a real, <laughs> it's a real. Yeah, like, yeah. it is. It's, it's hard, isn't it, to, to kind of yeah, like some of this stuff when you when you're an open minded individual that wants to just have the world, uh, you know, as diverse and inclusive and, and equal a place as possible. So yeah, I, I'm totally with you. So you know, talking about, um, we could talk for hours. Honestly, we oh, really, I know it's it's genuinely a conversation. Yeah, that can go on yeah. forever. That's the thing. Yeah, we might have to have a, have a follow-up, actually. But um, do, if we just talk about what, you know, what do you think are the are the, the changes that you'd like to see kind of happen in society, in business, to, to really sort of shift the dial in this whole area of not just awareness, but actually making sure that the world is a place that's welcoming for, for trans, uh, trans people, trans men or trans women? Yeah, I mean, I would just basically say that, like I said before, especially in the workplace, it would be, you know, make sure that, you know, you you make people feel comfortable from the second they go in. It doesn't matter how they look. They might, you might assume that that person is male or female, but at the end of the day, it's not about how you assume things. You don't know what's going on in that person's brain. They may very well have just started their transition. Maybe they are scared to present the way they want to present. Maybe they're presenting the way they want to present, but they still want to be known as the opposite way that society deems that gender. You just don't know. And I think that's why a lot of the older generations, especially, get so confused. They're like, well, my generation wasn't like that. Why is this generation bringing all these problems? It's like, I get how that was. I have no disrespect for that. But at the same time, I think what's happened is our generation has brought the awareness of it all these stories of people you know in their 80s 90s and they're like i just couldn't talk about being gay i couldn't talk about being trans back then because nobody spoke about it and like they'll talk about it now because my generation has opened the doors to this conversation and it's exactly why i wanted to start you know coming on these podcasts and posting on linkedin more than you know because i want to just open the door to these conversations about how the workplace especially i think like i've said before had I not posted what I posted on LinkedIn, if I posted that anywhere else, I don't think it would have caught the attention it did. I think because it was on LinkedIn, a corporate social network platform, it caught the attention of people because it's not something you typically see on there. It's very like controversial in a way where it's like, whoa, why is he talking about that? You know, and, you know, and especially in America, you know, if I was in America, I could have got fired for that potentially if I was working somewhere there. So it's a very weird conversation to have on LinkedIn. I think that's why it caught so many people's attention. And that's kind of what I want is just for workplaces to be more, just more accommodating would be the word. Because yes, I'd say 90% of companies now in the UK, in the job description, it'll say we're a diverse company. And I see it all the time. But then you join the company and they don't do anything. What are you doing? To, yes, you might join a pride net. You might have a pride network in your company, but what are you doing anything behind the scenes? Are you just changing your logo to rainbow colors in the month of June? Or are you actually like donating to charities? Are you making sure that your 
you know, HR team and everybody are up to date with like all the latest, like, you know, just, just human nature stuff. Like, so yeah, it's just, it's just one of those where I just want people to be more aware. And I think the only way to be more aware is if people like me come out and start talking about these things, because if we don't talk about it, how are you supposed to learn? And, you know, yeah, that's pretty much it. Just bring more awareness. Fantastic. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. And then from there, you know, and then it's like you say, what are you proactively doing? So it's one thing to say, uh, yeah, we're, we're all, for, di- all for, for diversity, equality and inclusion. But is that just empty words or is there real substance behind it? And um, yeah, I think I think that, that that's absolutely, you know, but like you say, understanding awareness is probably the first stage, isn't it? And then it's more practical kind of what what else can you do in terms of, you know, your policies, your Procedures, the environment, the culture, all of those aspects. Um, so no, I think you, you you're absolutely on a mission. Um, what's next for George in this whole area? Because obviously you put that post out, uh, and, and we'll just touch on this a little bit before we before we come to the last few questions. But when when you actually let me let me backtrack. What was the catalyst for you putting the post out? Yeah, so it got to the last month, the last day of Pride Month, and I'd been thinking about this post the whole month, and I thought, I have to post it, I've got to post it. And Jenny, the reason I posted it is because I'd go into these um, like social networking events for like marketing, because I work in marketing, and I'd been going to these events in Liverpool and Manchester, and this one girl who I'd actually followed on LinkedIn for the past year, her name's Ellie Middleton, and she basically talks about how she's been diagnosed with autism and ADHD in the recent year. And that's all she talks about. It's just, she just makes people educated on the matter. And that's all she talks about. And I just found that really fascinating and inspiring that she's talked, she's opened the door in the corporate world on LinkedIn, something that you don't talk about, you know, because it's like typically in the past, guarantee people will say, oh, if they're autistic, I don't think they'll be able to do the job or, you know, things like that. So it's one of those where I just got inspired by that. And I thought, well, if she can post about that, I can post about me. So I, you know, did not expect anything of it. And obviously it just went skyrocketed. And I thought, well, this is obviously like something I need to see. I need to keep talking about because people really do want to know. They want to learn, you know, all these messages from people all over the world asking me like, oh yeah, you know, I want to keep up with these posts. I want to learn more, you know, it's just incredible the amount of you know engagement I got from it all and um yeah so like like I said I didn't plan on any of this happening at all it's all very very new so I'm still like having to sort of like bring myself like okay like breathe let's just let's just just take one day at a time and you know you see all these people on LinkedIn now uh all about personal branding and like they're posting 24 7 like constantly and do I have to do that now am I now a LinkedIn influencer and I get panicky and I think, I don't want to post every day. That's a lot of pressure. Like I've got a full-time job, a family. I don't want to live that. So yeah, so I've just been um, just taking each day at a time. I, if I've got a few sort of like topics that I've come up with ideas for. I've got my notes on my phone. This is I don't have any sort of like scheduling system or anything. It's literally just, I have my little notepad on my phone. I write topics I think of during the day. I've got, oh, that's a good idea to talk about. Maybe I'll post that one day. And then I'll, 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 you know, and that's what I've been doing every, and then maybe every couple of weeks, I might just think, oh, I'll post that today. And then, yeah, just sort of getting people approaching me from companies that I never thought would be in touch with me about coming to do talks for them in person. And, you know, brand, big brands that I thought, whoa, like, you know, 
wouldn't ever think about so it's just it's it's very weird yeah just i think it's just good good things coming up so it's just um yeah keeping the keep conversation going basically is what i'm trying to do yeah it's fantastic it really is and you know what you're talking about there is is being a role model as well and and kind of giving people permission to to actually you know follow and open the dialogue and by you know there's a saying isn't there around be the change you want to see and that's exactly what you're doing and, and for everyone you know this particular post you need to check out George Evans on LinkedIn and this particular post I'm going to read the whole thing because it's quite a long post but it is an incredible post um, and it, it, it certainly motivated me to reach out to you and say please come on the podcast so the first I'm just going to read the first two lines if that's okay George I've got it in front of me and um, so it says I'm terrified to post this but there's a voice inside saying George screw fear you could help people with your story now that is such a powerful thing you know and and that compelling reason why you know and and talk about having a strong purpose of wanting to make an impact in the world and make the world a better place and and you're doing that in absolute spade loads and I was looking you said six and a half million people have viewed that oh 3075 comments and I'm sure you're still getting more and 74,200 and seven, I think it is, likes. It's bonkers, isn't it? Absolutely. But what an amazing response. Um, and that's the thing, isn't it? When all of us, I think, when it's a bit like dropping a pebble in a pond, you know, when you do that, you never know how far those ripples are going to go. That is, a thing, I think, is what is happening with you, you know, and, and what's happening with the people that you're supporting and helping um, and educating in all the, all the rest of us that are keen to to understand and be be better people you know yeah and it, it it blew my mind in terms of like you know the the engagement yes it was incredible but it's it's the fact that i'd say like 95 percent was positive supportive completely agreed with everything i had to say and then there was I mean, the five percent that were negative and i remember the first negative comment i got I thought, I think I maybe deleted it, I think, or blocked them. But then I kind of thought after that, actually, no, I'm going to leave all of the other negative comments there. I'm not going to reply to every single one. I might reply to the odd, just sort of saying something a bit sarcastic or a bit like, I don't know. But I think it's important to keep them there so that people are aware that that's what we have to go through. And that's, yeah. So it's just, um, I don't want people to just come across the post and see everything's happy in sunshine and rainbow it's not it's there are also dark people there that messaging horrible things like go die and horrible things like that or um, you know you weren't born that way you know do as god intended and stuff like that and i'm not against religion at all but when you're forcing people to live in a way that they don't feel comfortable and it's just yeah it's weird isn't it? like you said you know i wish i had somebody like me to post that 10 years ago and see six and a half million people all writing lovely messages and saying nice things it would you know it's just it's nice to just kind of be that person I guess that's hopefully creating an impact creating a change well you certainly are doing that absolutely you really are George so listen I've got a few final questions um I've yeah. been talking talking a long time but there's a lot to come I've really enjoyed, <laughs> yeah, no, I've really enjoyed the our, our dialogue it's been amazing it really has so you know when you look back over your well, 29 years you're still very young um can you think of the best piece of advice that you've been given I mean yeah the best piece of advice would literally just be just be yourself there is there is no other way is there really just 
the only way you're ever truly going to be happy is if you are yourself. And, you know, in high school, I was bullied in all sorts, just not for being trans. This was like way before then, but just being quiet or maybe just being a bit different. I don't know. But, you know, just being yourself when you, I feel like everybody gets a certain time in their life. Some people, I feel like they, they take a bit longer to get to being their true selves. They could be like, you know, 50, they could be 75. I just think, I personally think it is what a lot of people could learn. A lot of people learn from trans people. And I think, again, that's why the post probably did well as well, is the fact that it doesn't map, it doesn't necessarily mean, like the post space didn't do well, I think, because of the trans situation. I think that's a part. I think a majority of it, or maybe 50%, I don't know. I think a big portion of why it did so well is because it resonated with everybody in a way, because it's just about being yourself. And I think the biggest advice I would give anybody is just be yourself. No matter how, like, if you think you're, I don't know, embarrassing or you're cringy or whatever, at the end of the day, that is you. You cannot change that. Like, why would you want to change that? Why would you want to change something about yourself that makes you different to every person in this world? Why would you want to walk into a room and sit the exact same way some all 12 other people sitting? Like, just be yourself, like be individual. And I think, yeah, that's just the best thing because you just learn much more about yourself when you accept it. And life's just better when you're yourself. It's that simple. I mean, it's not simple, but it is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, really, really brilliant. Um, I love that. And, and you know, have you had any bad advice through your journey? George, that you kind of either it didn't work out and you wish you hadn't taken the advice or maybe you ignored something and you thought actually I'm really glad that I ignored oh I mean like the the bad advice I'd get is just oh why can't you just stay as you were before hormones and everything and just like girls be a gay woman type of thing I was like mm, it's not how it works it's not sexuality um but no it is a bad advice I can't think of anything off the top of my head no I think it was just sort of like probably like oh it's a phase ignore it like, you know don't let people put thoughts in your head if you're feeling a certain way at the end of the day who knows yourself more than you so listen to yourself listen to how you're feeling explore it don't just act on it straight away really look into it really do research and just yeah ignore any negativity um if it is negative just take on board what they're saying but really think about what they're saying because it could it can help you in a way you know if they are saying negative things just think I wonder if they are right, but think about it. Don't be like, yep, they're right. Think about what they've said and then go, actually, no, they're wrong. And that's that, you know, this is why, because I feel this way. So just, yeah, that's what I would say. Brilliant. Love it as well. So my last question, George, um, before we we finish. So the podcast called Brave, Bold, Brilliant. And um, obviously that's why you're here. (laughs) Um, But when you think about that, Brave, Bold, Brilliant, what does it mean to you? I mean, yeah, I think I think to me it just means, you know, when you invited me on here, at first I thought, I mean, to be fair, I, I didn't even question why you invited me because I thought, no, like the, the the post, it took me a long time to, to like really think why all the people are talking to me, why I'm getting engagement. But I think, no, it just means being yourself. That is what it means to me, is being yourself. Once you've accepted that, that is bold, brave and beautiful. Just being yourself oh yeah absolutely well perfect and i can't thank you enough george honestly for i think what you're doing is incredible i've loved our conversation i'm so happy to be connected with you properly and to be able to see 
even though it's on screen. So one day in person, I hope. Um, and yeah, just keep doing what you're doing. You really are smashing it. So um, thank you so much. I appreciate you coming on. Well, thanks. No, thank you for having me. I really, really enjoyed chatting with you today. Um, hopefully, uh, hopefully this all goes out well and people learn a lot of thing or two. But yeah, it's nice to nice to speak to you as well. I really hope you've enjoyed Brave, Bold, Brilliant. Don't forget to subscribe and share with all your friends. And if you've enjoyed listening, I'd love it if you'd leave me a five-star review.